Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. edition of Cheap Heat. I don't think there's um, horrible news to report um, this week, at least not in uh, wrestling, that is, everywhere else, sure. Um, but we're back, and I'm excited that we don't have anything new and terrible to get into. Um, you know, hopefully SGG won't make so many random ambient sounds that I have to spend 40 minutes editing out of this week's podcast. I mean... <laughs> Last week, between the breathing, just randomly knocking into things, it was like a, it was like producing two shows. Um, Listen, I gotta make you work for it. And uh, um, but we're hopeful. We're hopeful this week. I, I don't want because I'm worried during this time when everyone's concerned about respiratory illness. If people heard every breath. It would it would have been like the sting vehicle. Every breath. Oh you take. no! Listen, if they if they if they don't know that I'm the physically congested by now, I mean. It, it, that was that was my worry with coronavirus though. Like this is this is all jokes aside. Like is that you do have a pre-existing condition? Which when I started called, reading all the symptoms, I was like, I do all of that anyway. <laughs> like how how am I even gonna know? Have you always been congested? The physically congested? Yes. Do you have asthma? Oh, no. You just are stuffed up all the time. All the time, and have, like at at every weight too. Like when I'm heavy. When I'm skinny, like always. Um, did you uh, have you ever looked into getting a procedure done? Because I think there is a procedure. I have not. I feel like I heard about someone getting some sort I of procedure. I think there is though, where they go in there and do something, and get a cracking. Yeah, I, I don't know I the mean, exact details of it, but I have needed it my whole life. But yeah, we worry about you because you have a. A pre-existing condition called SGG. Exactly. Exactly. I see. Uh-huh. Um, so SGG, how are you this week though? You, you're okay? You're safe? You're, uh, you haven't encountered anything terrible no, since yeah, the last show? Have not. Haven't, le- haven't even left the house since the last show. Um, so yeah, everything is, everything is good over here. How's everything over there? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, haven't, um, haven't left much. Uh, I've, I've been debating like a socially distant hangout, like seeing someone from sort of afar with, with coverage. <laughs> what does that even look like though? What would that even look like? I don't know. Meeting up somewhere with, with masks on, hanging out, walking or something. I don't really know. Um, but I haven't done that. I mean, the only time I was around anyone was when I did WrestleMania. Um, and, uh, now it has been, more than two weeks since then, um, you know, and that was a very secure operation. But still, I mean, anytime you see anyone at this point, also SGG, it's dawned on me. I mean, you might. I wonder. I wonder if you have a New York mentality because all of your people in New York are in New York. Um, but like you know, I I realized recently this is so different from for other people who aren't here, like. You know, I talk to other people. I'm not saying it's not on their mind. Obviously, it is. It's a huge deal. Um, you know, there are 10,000 cases, 271 deaths in Philadelphia. Um, so I'm not trying to de- take away how impactful and real those feelings are and those losses are because they're 100% that. Um, but when you look at New York City, which is at this moment sitting at 
150,000 cases and 16,000 deaths. It's just, I realize, I'm like, oh, this is different here. And that's just New York City. That's New York City. Correct. That is not New York State. So, you know, it's just a different circumstance. So I talked to some other people, and don't get me wrong, like, they have stresses. I'm sure a lot of listeners right now listening can relate to it, but, you know, they're in there, they're with their fam, they're, um, they're hanging out in a, some sort of a, a nice house in the suburbs, you know, where they're not really near anyone. And while it's frustrating and you're stuck, you know, kind of in the house, I, I guess just the fear I'm sort of constantly surrounded by when you're in an apartment building in the epicenter and, you know, every time I walk bear out, it's, it's mask on, you know, and it's staying away from anyone head down. Um, I'm not just, yeah, ca- which is crazy. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what the, what the vibe in the city is like. Strange. Just based on that alone. It's strange, man. And then, and you know, I, I may be more intense about it than other people. So then you see other people out in the street not wearing masks and that gets me irritated. Like I, my feeling is this. They made it a rule for, for public places. Um, like, you know, if you're going to the grocery store, you have to wear a mask. Right. But in my opinion, for, if you're out on the street, you have to wear a mask. Like, that's how I see it. I, I know it may not be the law, but it's the common decency law. Yeah, and it's like the smart thing to do. And you just step out your house. Why would you step out without one? Why would you step out without one? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, so anyways, I'm gonna try not to lecture everyone. We've been through that. I know everyone's. <laughs> yeah. How are your neighbors doing? Are, they, are you still having to, to let them know out the window? Like, this, this can't be. Last week wasn't great. There was a day last week where the park was pretty crazy. Um, but you know, it's day to day. It's day to day. And also, SGG, I don't know if you have any outside the ring news, but did you see the Diamond Dallas Page news this week? I did not. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, you know, Georgia's reopening. Um, what, Friday? Monday? Yes, yeah, soon. Too soon. And Diamond Dallas Page came out and said, uh, he is not opening his gym. So. Not be going to to DDP Yoga. That ain't happening. Good. Um, so shout out Diamond Dallas Page for just being smart, common sense. I appreciate that. Um, anyways, I should you do you have anything outside the ring? You tell me. So in a in a bit of outside the ring news, apparently, um, someone within the WWE submitted an anonymous complaint. Um. And basically the crux of the complaint was to state that the WWE is essentially forcing uh, people to work despite stay-at-home orders for the coronavirus. Um, they submitted a letter to the, the Orange County Board of Commissioners, and it was read at the meeting. Um, and yeah, WWE denies this. You know, the letter, the letter states, you know, my employer, World Wrestling Entertainment, a.k.a. WWE, is forcing me to work TV tapings for its weekly shows despite the stay-at-home orders for coronavirus. I am unable to speak out as I need this job, and I know I will be fired if I approach my higher-ups. Despite sanitary precautions, we cannot maintain social distancing and have to touch other people. I request the government to shut down these tapings and enforce the stay-at-home orders so my colleagues and I can maintain social distancing rules with fear or repercussions without, excuse me, fear or repercussions of losing our jobs. Now, WWE responded, stating the, these accusations aren't true. Employees know they can confidently go to human resources, not the public. Notwithstanding the appropriate protocol, no one would be fired if they were uncomfortable with their surroundings. We've made accommodations for individuals upon request. So, I mean, at this time, it's not known, but obviously, you know, having that, statement be made in such a, a public forum it drew the eyes of the world uh, at least of, of the state of florida again to wwe in terms of you know what they're doing with regards to to this coronavirus outbreak do we have any idea who this is no idea no idea and i mean 
WWE denied this, and what we know about how they're handling the situation is that they they are taking precautions. You know, they're screening everybody that comes in. They limited. You know, there's no audience. They limit who who's there on a on a basis of you know whether they, whether or not they need to perform. Um, but this person seems to be in a, let's let's assume that it's true, right? This person's in a tough spot because you know technically nothing's happened yet. He's afraid that he might lose his job if he speaks out, but but you know he hasn't hasn't spoken out to anybody in WWE. So you know, what are they to do about a situation that, as far as they knew, didn't didn't exist? Hmm. Sorry, I'm just seeing a story right now that's throwing me off that I hope is not true. Is it? Is it not wrestling related? What is it about? Twitter Twitter is saying that Fred the Godson died from coronavirus. What? Yeah. Um. Damn. But, but there's a story from 15 hours ago that said he was turning the corner. It said he lost his fever yesterday. Heart and vitals showing positive signs. Damn, damn, damn. So I'm I'm hoping that's not true and by the end of the podcast uh apparently DJ self posted it. Damn. He, he had asthma, which would make it, make him more susceptible, obviously. Yeah. This thing's crazy, bro. Really is. Oh, man, I was just, we were just getting started trying to do a show with, uh, nothing overly depressing today. Right. Um,. So, SGG, what are people saying? Well, I'll get back once I confirm this and uh, let everyone know, uh, all the hip-hop heads listening know. But when, um, what are people saying about this story with, with WWE? Well, I mean, there's no way to know if it's, if it's true, right? It could have been – it could be a real, a real employee complaint that was asked to be kept anonymous. It could be like somebody submitted it anonymously. Um, but, yeah, this just – this just has people going back to that that place of you know these this call for WWE to to do something different with these shows you know because these stay at home orders obviously we're already declared a, an essential business so they're not going to close down anytime soon but I mean I don't know WWE has denied it hopefully if this is an actual employee who is actually in fear for their life. Now that the situation has been made public, you know, they can come forward and either get a break or get what they need from the company without fear of repercussions. Um, and then once they do that, whoever also needs to do that can, can get what they need too. Because I mean, listen, there's some superstars who are even like, I'm not going to be performing like this. And then they haven't been, you know, Famously, Roman Reigns, who I, I get it. Everybody does not mean what Roman Reigns means to the company. So everybody can't just say, I'm going to do this. But, I mean, at least publicly and openly, it seems that there's they have been trying to thread the line between their commitment to their, their corporate partners and, and contractual obligations and to the public and to to their workers. Um, so, you know, if this person needs to take a break to like be socially distant and be with their family during this, hopefully they can get that. Well, it's going to be interesting as time goes on SGG. Like now listen, WWE could luck out, right? In that things could get better. And they don't have anyone else get sick, and they keep moving forward, right? 
The problem, right. the, 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 the thing is this though. As Florida loosens its reins and allows more and more, but Florida didn't announce reopening yet, right? Not yet. It's I know just, Georgia, it's Georgia did. and Texas, right? Yeah, Georgia and Texas did. Um, if it's just, if it's just Georgia and Texas, it'll be interesting to see how long WWE goes this way because I was going to say when Florida reopens, what would be fascinating is, the, my prediction is any of these states that tends to open uh, too quickly um, is going to have an issue, right? Agreed. Um, and so it'll be fascinating if they if they reopen, but then the state gets worse and worse. It then puts WWE in in a in a tough spot where it's like, how do you continue to go if as the numbers are rising? You know, like right now they're actually in a better position. Because the state is right. the state is locked down, and they're one of the only things going, which limits their contact with even you know the outside exactly. world. I guess exactly. Like how how many people can their people really react? You know, get in contact with. Right. Um. Anyways, SGG. So we'll see how that plays out. Um. I, I there's only one thing I'm particularly interested in right now. In pro wrestling, um, and that is, and I don't want to give Dipperstein credit, by the way, but I will. I will say his his concern that he had about Mania. I think Mania turned out to be really good. My problem with no crowd is just week to week shows. I think the pay per views I can actually get up for. You know, an event that has meaningful repercussions, I can get up for. But a match that's uh, basically jobbers just doing what jobbers do against a bigger talent with no crowd there, it, that's it, – that. listen, those matches already aren't that great to start out with. But I'm not going to lie, SGG, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough watching these shows week to week to watch kind of inconsequential matches with no crowd. Well, I mean, listen, we did sort of give Dipperstein his credit on that back when he was making the argument that these week-to-week matches and and shows are going to be tough. But as long as they get to Mania, they'll be fine. So, I mean, with them continuing this show goes on mentality, you know, they're stuck in that limbo still of trying to get us to the next big show, which, you know, feels like it's going to be kind of, kind of awesome. This climb the corporate ladder, money in the bank. Well, so that's, that's, I'm glad you said that. So that's what the, the thing I'm interested in. That's the only thing right now (laughs) that I'm into is like, I will say for as much as there's a lot going on that I simply do not care about. Um, and I'm not just talking about WWE. I mean, I haven't even, I haven't watched Ever since Chris Jericho breathed on the mic, I haven't been able to go back to AEW at all. Um, I tell you, I think he's still he's still there doing commentary. He was back again this week. Yep. Jeez Louise. So, you know, again, this is just it is what it is. But I will say, I am excited about climbing the corporate ladder. I think this is actually a major idea, and again. It's being smart. It's taking advantage of what worked at Mania and applying it to money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And and the theme is cool and they can have and they can fight all over the damn building. SUG, do you know who's in the match? Um, I believe as of last night we had Shayna Baszler in the women's money in the bank match. Um Oscar, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yep. Uh, Nia Jax, I believe, also qualified. Yep. Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. And then on the men's side, um, Daniel Bryan. I got it. Uh, I think it's just two on the men's side right now, right? No, 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 no. It is Daniel Bryan versus Rey Mysterio versus Aleister Black. 
versus Apollo Crews versus King Corbin or Drew Gulak versus TBD? So King Corbin or Drew Gulak, that's going to be determined on Friday, I'm yep. assuming. Um, so TBD. Do we think that TBD is actually HHH? Ooh. Is that a rumor? That is a rumor. Um, fueled by two things, right? Number one, last week on SmackDown, Michael Cole made a point to, to say that Money in the Bank is the only thing that Triple H hasn't accomplished in his WWE career. Which is sort of true. I don't believe he's ever been Universal Champion either. Um, or United States champion. But I mean, Triple H is only coming out for the big, the big money titles at this point. So those are, those are kind of, he's done with that. But money in the bank. Um, if he does find himself in that, in that money in the bank ladder match, he's, he's obviously the favorite, right? What a weird wrinkle it would be. I'll tell you this. In a time in which things are weird, and like I said, it's nothing's that easy and, and fans feel uneasy, it would be something that would be interesting. And he is someone who, if he had the briefcase, it would be a weird wrinkle. You'd feel good about him every time he's holding the mic in the empty PC. Yep. He's, he's going to be there all the time anyway. Um. I don't absolutely hate it. And here's the thing, SGG. Of the names that are in it in the men's match, who's jumping out at you? You know, the the only name here that you go, oh, yeah, that's where we're at right now, is Alistair Black. Yep. And I'll be honest, you know, I love Alistair Black, but... Uh, for TV, week-to-week entertainment purposes, I think Triple H would be more interesting right now. I agree. And, I mean, just in terms of the match, right? If the thing is to get to the roof and then climb the ladder and then pull down the briefcase, I mean, who knows that building better than Triple H? I mean, the man's the man's been climbing the corporate ladder for years and years <laughs> and years. Right. So, I mean... Hey. I wonder, so th- these matches are supposedly done. Oh, they've been taped? That's what I read. I read that oh. this morning or yesterday. This morning, I read that they've been taped. That's good. Um, and, and that it took a lot of time and that it's shot very theatrically similar to WrestleMania. So That's, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I will tell wait, you. Wait, wait for an all-time Money in the Bank match. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually very excited about this match. Uh, there's things right now I'm not. Uh, uber excited about, um, in, in the world of wrestling because I, it's just, uh, entered from a sheer visceral reaction. It's a strange time, but I love the dance. The second I heard climbing the corporate ladder and they're going to be, I just always like ridiculous before WrestleMania. I always loved false count anywheres and, 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 and no holds barred and, 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 and backlot brawls and, um, the whatchamacallit room. Where, where. The man, boiler room. The boiler room. Mankind Big Show. What, I, I love all of them. I love any, get me, get us to a place that's weird and wacky. I find it to be one of the charming and funny and, and sometimes really good ways to do a professional wrestling match. And this in particular, also, I'm ready for a change for Money in the Bank. We've gotten a lot of ladder matches over the years. A lot. It's kind of cool to break it up a little bit, especially this year when everything that's going on is so weird. Would we be really be psyched up right now if these same competitors just had a ladder match right now? Probably in, not. In the PC? Probably not. Well, I, I'd be watching. Like, listen, they're going to get me for the pay-per-views. I'll be locked into every pay-per-view. Um, but I, I'm more excited about it being this. Now, SGG, I'm going to – there's not a lot to do today, so I'm going to call a couple other people and get some takes on this subject but I want to ask you before that. Cup, just real quick. It's 25 years of Triple H on SmackDown this week. Where do you put Triple H in the in the big picture of pro wrestling? 
Triple H, um, his his value, obviously, I, I feel like he's a tricky one, right? Because in some ways, his uh, his importance to the game, no pun intended, Hi-yo. gets overstated. Um, and then in a lot of ways, it's, it's understated. Um, he really doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I think, I think when we had this debate, the, the great Bret Hart debate that led into me, you and the Brian Campbell dropping our top tens, I do believe Triple H, um, was in my top 10. And I think that's, that's ultimately where he belongs when you think about, um, his longevity and how he threads together so many different eras of WWE, but he's a, he's an important part in getting us to those eras, right? Even back when, like when he comes in as the to Connecticut blue blood, he's in the new generation and, you know, DX and their feud with Bret Hart and the Hart foundation is as much responsible for, for pushing WWE into the attitude era as the Austin 316 promo and the rock. And then his feud with the rock and get, is getting us through the attitude era. And then, you know, he's the champ on hit during his reign of terror in the ruthless aggression era while Cena's doing his thing on SmackDown. Um, you think about NXT and what's happening with the future of wrestling and he, his hand is, is all the way in that. I mean, it's, it's, like it's he's his. responsible for, for all of that. So, I mean, you know, you think about, the accolades aside, right? And, you know, him, him literally climbing the corporate ladder, like you said, you set that aside and just, you know, what he's been able to do and his mind for it. And if you talk about him, talk, talk with him um, about wrestling, you know, he's a historian. He has, um, a great sense of people's place in, in the overall scheme of, of how this, this whole thing has evolved and, and the evolution of wrestling. Again, no pun intended. And so, like, he's he's very smart, um, not in just the way that he's crafted his career, but just in the way he's pushed everything forward. And I think when you think about that and just how the fact that he he never left, that he always comes back. And, you, you know, you talk about a guy like Cena's longevity and, you know, you talk about, you know, Hogan and how long he's been doing it and even Ric Flair's ability to go through and, and define generations of wrestling and span across those careers triple h has that longevity too agreed you know he's he's in there with the undertaker or somebody like that you know you think about some of our favorites and they were around for maybe an era um 25 years is 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 a lot no it's it's as long as you've been making this point um (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the show no there's so much to say about it no you're right and i just i'll just add this um and then we'll bring in some other people but Everything you just said is was perfectly said, um, and you have to keep that in mind. I think the biggest things that work against Triple H are actually the relationship with Stephanie, the fact that he yep. married, the way people view that, um, and frankly, the over the sort of overhyping of DX over the years works against him in some ways. Um, yeah. For fans like us, DX can be like, "All right, enough." You know, by the time they came back, the fiftieth time it was enough. I don't think about that. To me, when you think about Triple H, yeah, of course you think about what the future looks like and how great NXT has been, and that's right at the top. But also think about a guy who had a WrestleMania match with Ultimate Warrior, who feuded with Owen Hart, uh, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all the way up to Seth Rollins and where we are today. The the, um, the generations he's crossed and his ability, uh, uh, mankind, him and mankind have an incredible history. His... Yeah. The amount of sheer great matches he put on. I don't even think about DX. Like when I, the funny thing is when I picture Triple H, I don't picture sort of the goofy jokes and I, and he's good at it. He's funny. And I get there that at a certain time that made a lot of sense to me. I just think about that work and what he could do in the ring with people. Uh, the feud with Flair, the feud with HPK, um, you know, cover your ears, the feud with Booker T. <laughs> he he really he had amazing feuds with so many people. Um, yeah, SGG, do me a favor and um, and be be easy this weekend. Be safe. Thank you, man. Take it easy. Stay mage. All right, I'm gonna try to get a hold of the Dipperstein here. Take it easy, uh, SGG. All right, man. All right, thank you, SGG. Let's keep it moving here. I want to give a, a shout out first of all. 
I know you guys know about this already, but episodes two, uh, three and four of The Last Dance are on Sunday, 9 o'clock on ESPN. I don't know if you watched the first ones, but one and two were amazing. You can catch them on ESPN+. Plus. Three and four, this story of the Bulls and Michael Jordan and their final run, excuse me, is just amazing. And episode three focuses on Dennis Rodman. They're just going to get better and better. I've heard literally it gets better as the season goes on, but I'm super-duper excited about The Last Dance Sunday. Nine o'clock on ESPN. It's going to be phenomenal. And then there's a wrap-up podcast hosted by Jalen and Jacoby immediately following, presented by State Farm and AT&T, wherever you get podcasts. Also, big shout-out to Bambi. We've talked about Bambi before. You know when you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. You know, an, an HR manager salary, an average HR manager salary, $70,000. So go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi. It was created specifically for small businesses. You get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, offer just $99 a month. So onboarding, terminations, everything you possibly need to do as a small business owner Bambi will take care of on the HR front. So really amazing opportunity. You didn't get into your business to to worry about HR. So let Bambi do it for you. Go to Bambi.com slash cheap, like cheap eat. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash cheap right now and schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash cheap, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash cheap. All right, so I'm going to go on uh, – um, let's do a little IG Live. We'll do a little bit of uh, Q&A on IG Live, and I'm going to read some uh, emails here because um, I have not been getting to enough mailbag, as you know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Mail. First thing here in the mailbag – Rosenberg, you are selling out, says Zachary. I don't blame you. You have to make your money. But you used to rave about AEW and how AEW is finally putting the heat on WWE. As soon as WWE hired you, your podcast instantly stopped talking about AEW. The only time you talked about AEW in recent weeks was to bash Jericho's commentary. Um, bah, 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 bah. You've been ignoring all big flaws in WWE. Your podcast is compromised. Please put more dip in your podcast so you can get a little more variety. I understand. Make your money. Keep doing what you do. I don't blame you one bit. But you might as well admit that this is now a WWE-only podcast where you will only share positive stuff. Keep it real, Zach. Zach, this is a fraudulent, garbage email. It started out with some things that I could reasonably listen to, but then went pure garbage. Now, I admit, I've, the last two weeks, two to three weeks, I've done very little AEW. Well, guess what? I haven't watched. If, if you listen to the first half hour of this podcast, you heard me say that while I'm excited for Money in the Bank, week-to-week wrestling shows right now are are not easy. I, I've been saying that about, about everything. So, I mean, listen, I'll be honest. I, I think this became clear when... We did the first podcast after I went back to WWE. I am I am a team player, and my team now is securely and firmly WWE. That doesn't mean I'm outright going to ignore uh, AEW. I certainly won't. But in a time when it's not really that easy to watch a wrestling show week to week, these shows are just weird. Um. It's not surprising you're not getting a lot of AEW. But I mean, honestly, how how much am I talking about the WWE product week to week? I'm really, like today, we've just been talking about Money in the Bank. And then what's going on outside the business, outside the ring? You know, and outside the performance center, I should say. So it's it's hard to talk about. So I don't, I don't know why you would expect to get that much AEW right now. I, f- I fired up a live real quick. I feel like I need to restart. It, it feels like it didn't even, like, get to anyone. Normally there's a rush of people that come at the beginning at least and then disappear. This was so weak a start. 
Well, we are doing cheap heat. It is wrestling talk right now. Let's start over again. I, I don't have faith in it. I'm starting over. Um, let me get some more, some more email as well. Um, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Mail. Uh, let's go to David, who asks, how come no one taps out to Charlotte Flair's figure four? They only tap once it's figure eight. No one ever inadvertently falls into the middle rope unless they're fighting Rey Mysterio or Randy Orton. Weird. How's food service at the Stanford office stay mage? Um... That's a good question. It is a great point, though. Why is the only time a wrestler ever ends up sitting on that middle rope when they're having a match with Rey Mysterio? It would make it so much more realistic if it happened more often. If every once in a while in a regular match, someone ended up just stuck in the middle rope, but it only happens... In a match against Ray. Same with the Randy Orton second rope DDT. It's a great question. Sam writes us. Mail. Sweet P, longtime listener of Cheap Heat Podcast here. Since I figured you were locked down with shelter in place, I thought I'd shoot over something I think you'd enjoy. A Seinfeld coronavirus script. I'm trying to bring attention to some of the causes helping out NYC. Okay, so this guy sent me a script. There's a link to the document. I'm not going to read you guys his entire Seinfeld coronavirus skit. Uh, Derek writes, mail. Derek says, first off, big fan of your work across all platforms, especially Cheap Heat. Listening to you and your friends discuss professional wrestling is often the comedic highlight of my podcast a week. I look forward to each episode that drops. Uh, through all the haters that are out there, don't ever lose sight of the ones who truly appreciate what you do. I'm primarily writing you because I know you have mentioned WrestleMania 24 was the first one you attended, and it was mine as well. I also know you're a collector of mage wrestling items. Have you been able to find a retro poster of the WrestleMania 24 event? The design would be similar to that of a of Mania 1, 2, or 3, but I'm sure you get the idea. I'm trying to put together a collection of retro posters of the Manias I've attended, but can't seem to find one for 24. Um, interested to hear if you've been lucky enough to track one down. Well, I'm curious to what you mean when you say retro posters. Because you know I don't do real retro stuff. I just do vintage. Um, so I'm always more interested in the in the real one. But I will tell you that. I'll tell you this, though. I am going to look up um, right now on eBay, WrestleMania 24 poster. Let's see if, if the regular poster exists out there. Because, you know, there are some actually cool later posters. Oh, here it is. You know what, you know what sucks about this poster? It's the highlight of the poster. It's a dope-looking poster, though, actually. Take a look. As far as a late poster goes, I'm showing it on IG Live. I apologize if you're listening. You're not able to see this, but you can find it. It's a dope layout, actually. But the biggest thing is Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather. And does anyone really want that as their wrestling poster? Then it has Triple H and Or it has Triple H, Orton, and Cena standing next to each other. And Edge and Undertaker. Now, here's a question I have for you. The next year, what about WrestleMania 25? Slightly better. Nah, it's okay. It's got a lot of people I like on it, though. 25 has MVP, JBL, Mark Henry. Um, but the 24 one would be so dope if the highlight of it wasn't Big Show and 
Mayweather. Anyways, there are some good later posters of events I went to. That's an interesting thought to get the to collect the posters of of manias I actually went to. So I appreciate that. It's a very marky email that I appreciate very much. Mail. Um, Dean writes us and says, "Please, please, please, get them to stop saying Bliss and Cross. It's so lame. Bliss Cross is the answer. I say Bliss Cross. I said Bliss Cross on the Mania Kickoff Show." I say Bliss Cross all the time. I believe the only way to go is Bliss Cross. I don't think there's any other way to talk about Bliss and Cross than Bliss Cross. Um, one thing I want to throw out to you guys is where do you think of Triple H all time? Tonight, as I'm recording, is the 25th anniversary of Triple H. And that's what the celebration is on SmackDown this week. And so I'm curious to where you guys, the, the audience, put puts Triple H. So marinate on that. And um, feel free to let me know what your thoughts are. And this email comes from Keelan? Mail. Hello, sweet, sweet, and Uptown Malcolm. First and foremost, I'd like to wish you continued safety and health during this time. Positive energy to you guys and your loved ones, as well as the entire JWO and Cheap Heat universe. Quick question. I saw this floating around on Twitter. Out of these four, who is the future of WWE? It's Gargano. It's Rhea Ripley. It's Velveteen Dream. It's Adam Cole. He says, I throw out Johnny immediately because of his personality. His character just isn't big enough. Of the three remaining, I can see them all being faces of the company. But I'd pick Velveteen as the one from this four, mostly because of his age. He could legit be a face of the company for the next 20 years. Thoughts, P? I know you're big on Rhea yourself. Peace and love. Keelan from St. Louis. It's a good question. Um, I, I see Cole as having the opportunity to be HBK. Um... I see Rhea as the opportunity to be bigger than any anything anything we've ever seen. And and Velveteen Dream is another one who has the opportunity to be something we've never seen before. That's one of the things that excites me about a Velveteen Dream is that we've never had Velveteen Dream. This sort of sexually ambiguous black male performer who is filled with charisma, um, tells stories in the ring. He's just one of a kind. He's absolutely one of a kind. Um, so I, I, I like I like the choice. I honestly forced to choose. I would say it's Velveteen and Ripley. As big as I think Cole will be, I, I think I think Velveteen and Ripley is the is the good answer there. Now I was talking to SGG earlier. Um, and if you don't subscribe already to Cheap Heat and you want to hear it and you're watching on IG, go subscribe to Cheap Heat right now wherever you get podcasts. But SGG and I were talking about where do you put Triple H all time? You know, we, we do these Mount Rushmores. And, yeah, he's not likely at this point to be in a Mount Rushmore. But when it's all said and done, like... Depending on what happens over the next 10 to 20 years with NXT and the WWE, you know, like we don't know what happens with the company in general. What if it goes to a new place we've never seen WWE ever get to before? And it's all under leadership of Triple H. He could end up, he could end up higher than you think. He's not Mount Rushmore right more, right now, but Owen Hart. Really a Hart Foundation feud pretty much for him. Right? Um, Austin. Okay? Jericho. The Rock. Mankind. Randy Orton. John Cena. The Undertaker. Seth Rollins. I mean, these are all names I'm throwing out there who he had big time storylines with. 
Those are just who came to my head right now. Booker T. These are all names that Triple H had big stories with. And in, and in most cases, those people came away from the story looking more mage. We, we talk about Hulk Hogan. Major feuds with these people. All of them. Jeffrey threw an Eddie Guerrero. And yeah, I know people didn't love the end of the Booker T story. No one did. But that was sort of a piece of the story of Triple H being the guy that he was at that time. The kind of bad guy that he was. Daniel Bryan. Triple H is kind of the connector. When you when you think about the fact that he was trained by Killer Kowalski, and the year, the years in which he started, you know, a, a cup of coffee in WCW, and then mid nineties WWE, he takes you from the late eighties, you know, Brett and Sean being the stars, all the way to now. He really, really is the connector for multiple generations. And I, and I truly think that the things that work against Triple H more than anything are the fact that he's now in the McMahon family and that he has so much power. And those things make people inherently almost downplay a, his greatness in the ring. Um, his ability, you know, when I talk about the greats of all time, when I talk about Savage, what do I always, I always say the same thing about Savage. Could work face, could work heel. Was amazing in the ring, was amazing on the mic. Could work big guys, could work small guys. He could do everything. Triple H. Can work face, can work heel. Is amazing on the mic, is amazing in the ring. Basically, and can work with small guys and big guys. He, there aren't a lot of people who do all those things well. And you may have your Triple H that's not your favorite. You know, I'm not the biggest DX guy. Um, you know why I mostly am not a big DX guy? I hate the color scheme. I'm just not into the neon green. I find it annoying. Uh, so I'm not the world's biggest DX guy. Um, but the game, the cerebral assassin, that Triple H, the spitting of water, the lights, the music. Dude, he's up there. He's absolutely up there. Triple H and Stephanie together as heels, as um, Bearded Gordo points out. Bruh. He he's had so many runs as a wrestler. And I understand how big people are pointing out. I under I I understand how big DX was for him. I'm not saying that. And there are parts of DX I do really like. Him in China, early days DX. Here for it. Um, as it went on, it wasn't as much for me. But so I'm talking, yeah, by the way, and, and as, as Mr. Ortega points out, Sledgehammer alone got over. He had a weapon. Everyone knows the weapon. No one else can use a sledgehammer. You see it? It's Triple H. The game. The King of Kings. The Cerebral Assassin, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, Hunter, Paul Levesque. The man has more names than anyone in wrestling. Am I forgetting any of the nicknames? You add this whole thing up. He's the father of NXT. Most of the things that we see on television that we really love in this era is a Triple H creation. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, you can, you can choose to dislike Triple H if you want. Um, I know, you know, listen, 
I'm, I'm sure there were times when maybe he was more difficult. Um, my experiences with him have always been wildly positive. You know, so then there's another part of it, which is that when I see him personally, the things that I talk about when I have seen Triple H and had time to talk to him are always just wrestling. He just, he loves to talk about the actual craft of wrestling. My favorite conversation, I don't know if I've ever said on the podcast before, my favorite conversation I ever had to him was, I walked by, I walked past him in Gorilla, I was on my way to go out to rehearsal or something like that, and he was in Gorilla. And we stopped and had a little chat, and I and I I wanted to just chat him up about Gargano Champa and how that storyline had played out because it was it was right after the the match where Gargano had completely lost it and basically had become a bad guy himself, and Champa was the one begging. And we talked about the development of that story, which I knew was his baby. And this is a guy who, when you just want to like pick his brain about like nerdy inside wrestling bruh he is so there for it like that is that is just what he wants to do like he is culturally so connected to it and loves it so much still you know it did not become a just a job for him it really still feels like something he loves which frankly is one of the things as WWE fans that we still hold on to is that like we know as long as Triple H is around, there is the mind of someone who loves the business the way most of us as fans do. And that's why I bring up a guy who was trained by Killer Kowalski, that connection to the old school. So listen, I no one Triple H isn't getting a pity party for not getting enough credit or people not loving him enough. He's been incredibly successful. He's over. He's maybe the most successful person ever who started out as a wrestler in the business. I mean, he, he you couldn't do better than he's done. But I will just take this moment to say and again, I understand my implicit bias from working for the WWE. But let's just take a moment to appreciate him him being around. And the, and the, and what he can inject to it, um, and you know he's had his moments. We know, like, oh, he wasn't into CM Punk, and you know there are things that people say. But ultimately, and and this is sort of like his father-in-law, he will always end up making more more so than his father-in-law will make the decision to be like, in spite of how I may feel about it, this is what it is. This is what's over. And I'm not saying that he was like that his whole career, because how do I know? I mean, I, I don't know what he was like as a as a 30-year-old. But right now, he's a guy who ultimately will always do the right thing and end up giving people the opportunity. And when you look at the greatness we see at NXT, I mean, frankly, NXT from a wrestling standpoint is the best wrestling show on TV and has been for a long time. And AEW hasn't changed that you know, in terms of a wrestling show. So I, I, today's the 25th anniversary you have to take time. It's like how on ESPN right now we spent, up until the draft, we spent a lot of time talking about The Last Dance, a documentary, because there's no live sports. Well, there is live wrestling, but it's not quite the same. So I thought it's a good reason today to to reflect back on on Triple H um, and sort of the greatness that he brings to the table. Um, go subscribe to Cheap Heat if you're watching on live and you don't already. I hope you will. Subscribe to Cheap Heat. Um, listen to the podcast. It'll be up. In an hour, you'll hear the whole part with SGG. And I think I might go do another little interview with someone right now. Also, Triple H does have uh, DJ DNA mentions the game, uh, the song, Time to Play the Game, Motorhead. Has a great song as well. So, that's it. That's my my props to Triple H portion of the show. I've tried Dipperstein a couple times, and we are not able to catch each other, which seems crazy during quarantine. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. That's how I feel about it. I do feel sorry. Um, we'll get him on next week. Um, we'll have more to talk about as we get closer to, to Money in the Bank. There will be things to discuss. Today we paid our tribute to Triple H. Uh, we say goodbye to Fred the Godson, who has, in fact, passed away. Um, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to end the show in a different way. Instead of closing out with our outro, I'll, I'll play the outro. No, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to skip the outro. And I'm going to play us out with this a song that I made in uh, 2011 featuring Fred the Godson and Daytona, um, produced by my friend Camber. And it was called uh, Back to School. And, yeah, I think I want to close out with that instead. It, it actually has sort of a similar feel to the outro of our show. Isn't that strange? So we'll close out with this Fred the Godson and say rest in peace. Um, I hope you guys stay mage, enjoy yourselves, and take it easy. And next week there'll be a lot more to do. Didn't even talk much about the Dino Bravo episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. I thought it was cool. thought it was cool. Um, somewhat interesting. I, I feel the same way about almost every, every one of their episodes. They're good. And I love the subject matter, so I'm inherently interested. I always feel they come up short, like there wasn't quite enough interviews or something. Like the story's just a little bit thin. Does that make sense? I enjoy them, but how would I not enjoy a documentary about Dino Bravo, about New Jack, about the Brawl for All? That's the thing. Of course I would. The subject is so easy for me to enjoy. That's what I'm saying, but like there's something missing that that doesn't take it to the next place for me. Um, I do find it interesting, the thing about, I don't know if you guys didn't see it, Rick Martell, who basically knew him better than most, obviously given the Montreal history, wouldn't be interviewed in it and has barely spoken about him. They, they, they used a clip of his from a shoot interview from the internet a few years ago where he said some interesting stuff, but they didn't have the interview with, with Martell which did make me want to talk to Rick Martell or at least hear his story more because he's someone who hasn't come around at all. But as far as the Bravo story, you know, listen, it was definitely interesting to see pictures of him and just know more about him. You know, I should give credit to that. You know, them always just calling him, oh, Canada's strongest man and all that stuff. I didn't know his history as a promoter in Montreal. I didn't know how big he was in Montreal. So all of that stuff was new to me. I could tell you and pretend I knew all his history. I didn't. Um, obviously I knew he had a history prior to WWE, but no idea what it was. So it was interesting getting to see him in that perspective and that light and, you know, how him and the Rougeos kind of all came over at the same time. Um, that was cool. So it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. I just think it comes up short of great. Um, if that makes any sense. So everyone stay mage. Please take care of yourself. Please stay at home. If you're in Georgia or, um, where's the other place that's opening up? What is it? Colorado? Bear, do you remember? The other place opening up? If you're in a place that's opening up, do me a favor. Stay home anyway. Be safe. Uh, be smart. Make the best decisions you can. We're all trying our best. And uh, stay mage. Fred the Gossa. BX. Hey, Peter Rosenberg, what up, boy? Yeah. Daytona. BX. Uh, nothing better than a fresh back to school fit. Captain school nigga, Cardinal Hayes, flooded crucifix. Rumor is this and why, yeah. So in four months, this time I end my year. Don't pee in the glass. B.I.G. on blast. The homie blitz home free at last. They on the block with the Klitschko. White heavyweight. Pitch snow in the rain. I hope for better days. Regulate. Nate and Warren. Chasing dreams, but stay awake through mornings. Facing the sink. Cold water from the faucet. Difference between workers and the bosses. In a corporate office with my pen sagging. Last dragon over lookalike. Smashing Manhattan. In a flash like the Grandmaster. Back and forth to the bank. Making transactions. Summer over. Back to school. Fresh penny phone posits the black and blue. Shorty still looks good. She front and acting new. I'm back to the halls. I had to stack the crew. What up, y'all? Another year again, sophomore to seniors. Well, you know we here again. No worries, no cares again. Then again, we do it for our parents and for us. This for them again. Shorty got a new purse with the tan clutch. We run an earth plane, two-hand touch. We lost last, but today we gon' fix them. One Mississippi, two Mississippi blitz up. Long sleeves, the block got colder. Thank God the lockout's over. This a teenage love. I love the weather. I love football Sundays. Now, today is about welcoming all of you and all of America's students back to school.